Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Fuck it like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma. All right, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, Rockford Sports Homo with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. We up in this thing Monday stream entitled Can the Saints Offense Become a Top Five Unit in 2020? Three. That's the question we're going to cover here on the show. Shout out to the fam. Let me give y'all a round of applause for being here tonight. Shout out to the fam. 
Shout out to the fam. Thank y'all, man, for being here. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Feel free to share the show on your social media feed, and it helps out the show. Hit the bell, light up every damn thing. As you can see currently on the screen, a screen we have this right here. This is pinned to the chat to the top of the chat. This is where you could subscribe to our email list so that you can get the broadcast directly via outside of this platform. This is what we control. This is attached to the whoadaily.com. And this is a part of our email list that we've been blasting out over the last couple of days, covering and talking about if people not getting their notifications. If you're not getting your notifications, I want you to put your email, go to the link, and the page opens up like this. Simply just put your email right here. And then uh, and hit the subscribe button and it'll put a, put it on our email list. And then I make sure 100% of the time that you'll get your notification. So this is our way of dealing with it. Now, let's move on. Now, we're talking about this, man, because uh, and we'll as we get closer and closer to training camp, we got a little time on our hands. We're going to start to speculate a little bit. We're going to look around and we're going to talk about can the Saints offense be a top five unit in 2023? Right. You know, can they be? And of course, the picture on the screen is obviously you, know, you see Mike when he was in Atlanta in that game where he just tore him apart single handedly. <laughs> this is what you can get out of Mike Thomas when he's healthy. So he hadn't played in a while, but, you know, no restrictions. According to Mike, he came out and said that no restrictions. He's going to be full day one. And that, and that makes a lot of sense being that the Saints reworked this deal and he's going to be a big part of what the Saints have to do. Like I say, one year prove a deal for Mike. He got the compliment wide receiver in Chris Olave. He also, he really likes Rashid Shaheed. He took him under his wing uh, and it helped improve both those young players. So he's really excited about the wide receiver room. The, uh, the running back room looks terrific as well. And we're going to go down the line and we'll talk about can this unit be a top five unit, which pretty much puts the Saints in the top five in the NFL, which would kind of consider them to be an elite unit. Could they get up there in the top five? If they can, let me tell you something. The Saints are going to have, going to look pretty good, man. They're going to be pretty difficult to stop if the Saints offense can lead the team, uh, you know, this year as opposed to what the defense was last year, which was uh, we just didn't have the offense. It was stuck in the mud. So, Anyway, let's delve into this article right here from PF uh, Pro Football Network. And they were talking about ranking the Saints' best and worst scenarios. And uh, in one of the biggest moves we talked about that opened up the season for the black and gold was the signing of Derek Carr. They pursued him. They tried to trade for him. They ultimately ended up signing him for a buck fifty on a four-year deal. He came in, and as we've seen during the many camps, he looked Pretty crisp out there, just to be honest. And I showed a lot of footage over the last several shows. But the mini camps, Sean Carr making passes, having dialogue with Michael Thomas a lot, because those two guys have to get on the same page for things to really pop and snap for the Saints. And it's going to be fun. So after a 7 in 10 season in 2022, after signing Derek Carr this offseason, the Saints are hoping they can get back to the playoffs. Can we say the P word again? playoffs after a two-year drought has it been that long has it been that long 
It has been that long. Shout out to the fam, man. Thank y'all for being here. Much love to everybody. Uh, OG Jerry, be kind, tragic. Good to see y'all in there. St. Doug, Gundam, Slim, uh, Dev84, John, Dana. Shout out to the Queens. Brother Tedris in the building. Poppy504, J-Rock. Cedric, shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all, man. Now, predicting the best case scenario for the Saints. The Saints hope this will be the year, this year's version of the Philadelphia Eagles. What we really want to be is this year's version of what we were prior to all of this stuff when the offense was a absolute juggernaut, being that we had weapons all over the field. Remember those days, black and gold family members? You remember the days when the black and gold when the black and gold had weapons all over the field, when they had running backs all over the place, they had wide receivers all over the place, you know, just, you know, everything was popping and they could not stop the Saints because the Saints, you couldn't dial in or kind of stick to one person because another guy would tear you up. You know, I'm thinking like that. I'm getting vibes from this offense potentially going into this season with everything surrounding them. So, the Saints, like the Eagles a year ago, have an elite defense, a strong surrounding cast around their quarterback, but face questions about the coaching staff and QB. The Eagles responded resoundingly last year, reaching the Super Bowl after a dominant regular season. So a surrounding cast that faced the Saints, and they mentioned an elite defense. I don't know if I would say the Saints defense this year is elite. It's too many uh, new pieces in there. Maybe one or two guys you add there, but when you tear up the entire core of your interior defensive line, and you really had to because some of these guys' their contracts were up and and uh, it just made that move. The Saints spent the first-round draft pick on Brian Breesey, bring him in. They added Nate Shepard and Big, as uh, Cam calls him, <laughs> Big Saunders. So, and you you do that. You added these guys in here on film, and we studied it on our Patreon special, on our Patreon streams when we do those on Tuesday, that we it's, we showed how, like I said, th- those guys all have the same gene, and that's the aggressive refuse-to-stop gene. All of them do. Bree, uh, Brian Breesey, uh, Saunders, and Shepard all share that vicious attack dog mentality, never say die, style of play. So I'm really excited about that. But just to stay away from the defense, I'm going to just focus on offense. We're going to talk about the defense on another show. New Orleans win total, according to DraftKings, is nine and a half games. They give them a minus 180 to make the playoffs. It should help the Saints have the easiest schedule in the league. And I don't really put too much flack into that because they're using old records from last year. Things could change. The question is, how far can they go? There's not this, that's not the same optimism around the out the upside of the Saints, despite this being a team added a quality veteran quarterback in Derek Carr. There's a lot of optimism around the Saints offense. It is because you can't, unless you are a person that really just gave up on what the Saints could do, and you like whatever they do, they can't do nothing until such and such is out of here. Unless you are that person you're not going to be very optimistic or excited about the Saints offense. And a person like myself that's been watching this stuff like you for a while, I kind of looked at the Saints offense, and I'm saying it, I feel a lot of optimism about it. Carr and the rest of the people in the offense, some of our top players are saying the same thing, man. It's the energy here. Even Tyron Matthew alluded to that. He said, yeah, it's a different energy. We feel something this year. And that's how it usually starts. 
It's an excitement that makes them do the extra reps that pay, uh, you know, some more attention, extra attention to the film. A little extra here, a little extra there, a little extra everywhere goes a long way, right? Now, Carr's coming off a down season with the Raiders, expectably lost nine uh, one-score games. Not good. His completion rate, yards per game, and interception were, were either the worst or second worst marks of his career. However, it's possible that Josh McDaniels simply misused Carr and is a bad head coach in general. Well, Josh McDaniels never done a damn thing. Let's just keep it a buck 15. Never done anything worth anything outside of riding up under Bill Belichick's coattail, riding on it. So, I mean, I, you know, he still, despite those bad marks, Carr still made the play, the, the Pro Bowl last year. And he was benched and whatnot. But like I said, it's a lot of the factors to factor in the thing about Carr. He ranked fifth in deep ball attempts and second in air yards per attempt last year, despite the Raiders dealing with injuries to Hunter Renfro and Darren Walla throughout the season. So ranked fifth in deep ball attempts and second in air yards per attempt, which is one of the things where we're really excited about, right? We're super excited about that. We are super excited about the fact that that's the big thing that I've been kind of talking about um, with Derek Carr is the fact that he's a guy that brings the explosives back to the Big Easy. Shout out to my brother, Big Low, man. Big Big Low squad is going to be uh, the squad that definitely uh, is on the bat, on the wrong side of uh, the Derek Carr deep bombs and, and the excitement games. And Lo, I know you got that extra score tee. They sent you an extra score tee just uh, just for you to get ready for this year. So, you know, <laughs> oh, you wish I, I wish I had that picture. Lo, you lucky I don't have that damn picture on me right now. <laughs> All right, shout out to my brother. You know, I'll see if I got to mess with him. All right, anyway, Let's keep it going. So, yeah, the car factor, that's the biggest part of the whole equation, fam. As we talk about Saints offense, top five, and people say, hell no. And a lot of people don't say that because of the acquisition of talent the Saints have. It's They're saying it from a coaching standpoint. That's what they're saying. But remember, Derek, uh, uh, Dennis Allen has given Pete Carmichael the keys to the bus. He did that last year. We had injuries all over the place and bad personnel decisions. So how does it look now? Remember, he's going to kind of do his due diligence to the defensive side and leave the offensive alone. If that is indeed the case, how can how good can this offense be with Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael along with Ronald, with Coach Ronald Curry, who's the passing game coordinator, acting together to get this stuff together? Despite having a strong arm, Carr is at his best a short, and he says it's best as his short and intermediate passer who takes care of the ball. Here's where Carr ranks among the top 55 quarterbacks with at least 11,000 pass. I mean, 11, I mean, a thousand, excuse me, pass attempts since 2014's rookie year playoff included. So you can see some of his marks almost 60 or oh, just over 64% in his pass completions, uh, pass attempts over seven yards, 4.3% on touchdown passing rate, 2.2% uh, on the interception rate, 9.5% uh, passer rating. And you can see his sack rate there, uh, just over 5%, and 6.39 adjusted net yards per attempt, which is 23rd. Now, Carr had been durable with minimal injury history. He has been above average accuracy in ball security, and he can get the ball out on time better than most, but finishing drives in the end zone with more touchdown passes has often been an issue. So his overall stats are close to average in the sample of quarterbacks. So 
in many ways, Carr has the has been atop the average range of quarterback rankings for the better part of his career, despite impressive physical tools. Sure enough, Carr finished 2022 ranked finished ranked 14 in ESPN's QBR metric for the second year in a row. Even getting that production from Carr is a big jump from what Jameis and Andy Dalton gave the Saints last year. Now, I don't, you know, I see the numbers right there and they show these numbers, but let me throw a few numbers at you guys as well. The average quarter, they talk about Carr as an average guy or a middle of the whatever type of quarterback. If you go and you take a look at all of his passing statistics over the duration of his time in the NFL, which is in his 10th year, he ranks sixth among all active NFL passers in the NFL. That's not, uh, you know, uh, average or uh, mid uh, mid level quarterback there. He ranks sixth among those guys. So he's been in a league. He's never had a year where his interceptions were more than his touchdowns. And most majority of the time when he had his touchdowns versus interception, he had a separation of at least between eight to 10, uh, you know, touchdowns over interceptions. And remember when you look at his statistics, and you put his statistics on screen, which I'm about to do right here for the family members, and you look at everything that he's done, what makes him interesting to me is the fact that he did a lot of the positive stuff in terms of throwing and moving the ball. As you see statistics right here, he did a, a, a lot of these stats based on the fact that he had constantly been changing offensive coordinators. Keep in mind, he's been in the league for 10 years. This is his 10th year. And... He's had six offensive coordinators, six coordinators, six and 10 years, six coordinators in 10 years. Let me say it again. Six. P. Carmichael makes number six. He had six freaking coordinators, man, in 10 years. And if you look at his statistics, you would think that he had maybe, you know, one or two coordinators, but that was the up and down nature of the Raider Nation. They were a team that was just not very good in terms of a, being a complete team. At times, they were very fun to watch, but overall, they weren't a complete team. They had a lot of toxy-turvy up and down crap that was going on there. And when they finally had, they got grouped in there for the several years, and he solidified the offense. He had his best years. Every year there, he had over 4,000 yards. He almost had a 5,000-yard year in 21. And you can see his numbers right there. So, like I said, even in his rookie year, 2014, he had 21 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. He had over 3,200 yards passing. It was 58% with his completions. The next year, he threw for 32 touchdowns against 13 interceptions in his sophomore slump year. Well, no slump there. So, what I'm saying is, if given the tools and and, and the proper uh, supervision, this guy could actually, you know, he can bring explosive plays to your team. Now, listen, Carr is not the Saints' savior. We're going to say that he is not the Saints' savior. The Saints' team is too loaded in terms of their offense, you know, in terms of just saying that Carr is, is the is he's the leader of the offense. Don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is he's not the savior for this team. You have the, they've placed him with other guys that complement him very well and what he does well. Let's not get it twisted here. Carr is a guy that throws the D ball very accurately, gets it out fast, gets it downfield, drops it right in your hands. It scares the absolute hell out of defenses because they got to back up to cover him. 
like the man made him astutely mentioned about his intermediate and short game is pretty accurate too. He worked on that thing. So you look at the Saints offense and you see Elvin Kamara, you see Jamal Williams, you see Kendra Miller, the third round pick. You look at the Saints wide receiver room with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahi, that are young guys like A.T. Perry. What could he do? James Washington, the speedy veteran there. And of course, the Saints did add a few more wide receivers uh, to the fold. Lynn Bowden and Cake and Kiki Cote, uh, who were return guy mode uh, guys to help out in the return game there. So, and and we'll kind of march through this thing. So Carr is definitely the key to the Saints making moves and doing some stuff. But in the end, he and he, he has a lot of help. Let's just say that. Norris also brought in Gruden to help just a day at you know with getting Carr into the offense. At best, Carr was a more dynamic offense. Uh, had, had led a more dynamic offense that has a healthy Michael Thomas, Alave, Jawan Johnson, and Elvin Kamara. Role players like Rashid Shaheed, Kendra Miller, uh, Jamal Williams can help the offense survive any time missed by their stars. And remember, he's not the savior for the Houdat Nation. Why? Because, you know, he'll be counted on to do his job, but he can turn around, fam, and hand that ball off to Elvin Kamara. Now, Elvin Kamara, if he's not there, the first several weeks of the season because something went wrong with his, you know, he had to get suspended for the thing that happened in Las Vegas. But you still have the NFL leading rush TD rusher and Jamal Williams as your backup. Do I need, is he, do I say backup? Is he really a backup? I would say more of a combo back. He has the ultimate, you put Kamara with, with Jamal Williams and their personalities are just meshed perfectly. When you watch them out there on the out there on the field and the you know with the mini camp practice that occurred, you can see they had a really good synergy and camaraderie. Jamal Williams is a just when you put him in a red zone, he's deadly in the red zone. The guy is super talented in the red zone. Seventeen rushing touchdowns last year for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, of all teams, they were competitive last year. But he had 17 touchdowns. The Saints got this guy as Kamara's compliment. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. He's a speed and power guy. So if you need somebody to get the ball in the end zone, guess who we calling? And if you don't think that's bad, I mean, good. Remember the Saints drafted with the third round big pick, Kendra Miller out of TCU, who had 16 rushing touchdowns last year. 
So let me get this straight. You got a 17 rushing touchdown guy and Jamal Williams in the NFL and got a 16 rushing touchdown guy out of college in Kendra Miller. And let me tell you something. Uh, that guy is absolutely a wildebeest, man. It's going to be fun watching the Saints running back room. Now, Kamara might be suspended for six games if the NFL history proves predictive, but the Saints have enough weapons to endure his absence. Thomas has played in only 10 games since 2019, but was electric in three contests he played in 2022. Few teams have that high-end talent around their quarterback as the Saints do. This is true. They also have a very good offensive line. And their defense ranked ninth in points allowed, fifth in yards allowed, despite the offense inability to help them throughout the year. New Orleans can be a deep playoff team, or a playoff contender in the NFC with only Dallas, San Fran, and Philly sitting as teams clearly ahead of their upside right now. So the worst case scenario, Saints have been banking on some high risk, high reward players with varying levels of success. Thomas and Kamara at the forefront of the discussion entering this year. Even Carr isn't a lock to be anything more than a younger version of Dalton. That's bullshit. But he's given the worst case scenario here, though. Thomas was still going through some of the rehab in mid-May. Coach Dennis Allen, another setback, could easily knock Thomas out of the season considering how his last three years have quickly become ir- ir- uh, irrelevant. And with Kamara all but certain to be suspended, the Saints could go from a feared offense to one over-relying on a lobby and car to produce if others can't fill the gaps. Number one is this. The Saints need to change their name to the New Orleans Saints. Well, I mean, listen, they must have an insurance company, Saints Insurance Co., because that's what they bought. When you come in here into the upcoming year, and we're just paying attention to the offense right now, But what the Saints did, they're not relying on one player here. So we've learned that mistake. We made that mistake several years. We're not going there. This year, the Saints have done everything they possibly can to fortify every position in the offense. And it's across the team, but in particular, the offense. Derek Carr, issues with Derek Carr if he has an injury. You got Jameis Winston there who's healthy that can play. Elvin Kamara gets suspended. You got Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns last year with the Detroit Lions to step in his place. Kendra Miller is also there. So the Saints have insurance for this stuff. Chris Olave should be fine. If Mike Thomas can't go, the Saints have a very stout wide receiver room that can go. And like we said, this is the last year, and I think the Saints going to put him out there. I want Mike to play the entire year. If something happens, it happens. It's just a part of the game. But the Saints have A.T. Perry. They picked up in the draft. They have Brian Edwards. They signed in the, as a free agent to come into the team. They got undrafted talent like Shaq Davis. They got veteran guys like James Washington, so on and so forth. So the Saints have done a phenomenal job of adding talent in the wide receiver room to brace up against potential injuries. Jawan Johnson the tight ends there with Foster Monroe, who we gave the Derek Carr and Taysom Hill, the utility guy there. The team even added Jesse James. We'll see how it all looks. I don't think they carry four tight ends into this thing, but the Saints have depth there. The offensive line suffered injuries last year. The Saints with Trevor Penning and all these guys. You have Pete and McCoy Ruiz and Ramchek. Ruiz showed up last year. McCoy uh, is his thing. Ramchek has to step up. He, he, what I'm hearing is he's 100% healthy. He needs to reclaim himself as the best guy, best offensive lineman there. I think Trevor Pennon Pennon is going to be a very good player for the Saints. He just got to beat those injuries. And then the Saints have depth there. James Hurst was added. He's our swing guy there. The Saints also brought in 
uh, Billy Miller and added him, who's uh, we'll see if he makes the team, but he's a veteran center from Ohio State, another Ohio State guy that can come in and help the team out. So we'll see. The Saints also, also drafted Nick Seldavari with the fourth round draft pick to help out at the guard position. Storm Norton, who they brought in, can play the tackle position. So the Saints have several really talented players and undrafted guys as well that, that could have help with the depth situation with the offensive line. So the Saints have done a damn good job in covering all of these rooms in terms of the injury. So like I said, the Saints have done a wonderful job with their insurance, haven't they, family? <laughs> Yeah, it's like an old, if you're, I'm an old railroad guy, so you got to remember the railroad was so stinky and rotten the term of being railroaded because, you know, a lot of the railroad ha- it has a, 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 a dishonorable, rotten, underhanded garbage history to it. Like a lot of the railroads have a sinister energy around them. And it impacts the people at times too. A very cutthroat environment you know, with the higher ups, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it, you make good money, but it's a garbage ass, uh, stinky, rotten situation. Right. And like I said, I think it's due to, and this is just my perspective on the history of where it came from. Cause you know, a lot of the railroads came on because of the millionaires back in the day, they were involved in the slave trade and they used slaves to kind of push that stuff. You know, they used them to make the lines to go further West and all this kind of stuff. That's how it was. And they banked out, made money off that, got a lot of the money for all the land that they sit those tracks on and 30 miles south, uh, east or west of that, they got all of that land. That's what the government gave to them. And that's how they became rich selling all that land. Little sidebar information. So what I'm saying is when we talk about uh, dealing with the New Orleans Saints and with the insurance that they were able to buy, I think at the end of the day that the Saints have done a phenomenal job in dropping some science in that insurance side of things. So we've done a good job there. We done a good job there. I, I'm not gonna bail on the, the railroad thing. <laughs> made, made a lot of good people there, man. Much love to those guys. All right. So anyway, let's see. Uh, we ain't banking on the Mike Thomas thing. If Mike Thomas sets, if he sits out, or not sit out, if he gets hurt, then the Saints have insurance there. So we got it's put up a shut up for Mike. He knows that this is the this is what he wants. He wants to play next to Chris Olave. He advocated for him. He likes Rashid Shahid. So I'm praying for Mike and everybody out there say a, hel- a healing prayer for Mike to stay healthy, man, because he needs all the spiritual help that he can get. Carr's own performance will be under the microscope if his decline was more of a result of physical decay than the Raiders issues. I don't think it's physical decay. I, 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 you look at Carr in practice, you can see he's very much crisp and attunative. I don't see uh, any decay or any of this crap or him being an upgrade in terms of being just, just above an Andy Dalton type. No, I think he'll be a lot better than Dalton because he can do the things that Dalton can't do. His best attributes is to get the ball down the field quickly. That opens up everything for your running backs, for Taysom Hill and for everybody else. You create space. That's the biggest thing for the Saints. They create space. That's something we simply didn't have last year. They cluttered up the Saints, up the line of scrimmage, forced the Saints to run the ball into a stack box. All right, hold on, fam. I'm sorry. 
right, anyway, uh, let's see. Clark, Carr's own performance will be under the microscope if he declines one result of physical decay. I don't get with that. It's physical and fast. You know that wisely added some help along the front four of the Brian Barisi, Isaiah Foskey, Peyton, you know, all these kind of guys. We're going to stick to the defense. So anyway, they have scary potential with their speed and athleticism, but their youth was detrimental throughout 2022 as they gain experience. Allen has to get the defense to create more havoc than more often the team's worst scenario includes suffering through another season of benign offenses stepping back from the defense we saw in 2022. So, no, we don't see that. We don't see that at all because what we do see when you talk about the New Orleans Saints offense is you see a unit. So the question is, are they a top five unit? Can they be a top five unit? Could they be an elite level offense in the NFL? And I say yes. And I'm not saying yes because I'm a black and gold dude. I'm saying yes because I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, Derek Carr, even if you don't ask him to do nothing except for some of the similar things that he did when he was with the Raiders in terms of getting the ball out downfield to the guys that he have, the Saints have, they are loaded everywhere. You don't have to over-rely on Derek Carr like we was forced to over-rely on people last year that you couldn't over-rely on. So if the Saints offense is to succeed, if the Saints offense, and I think Derek Carr would do a good job of picking up the Saints offense simply because he's done, that's just what he did. And one good thing about being in a dysfunctional situation like he was with the Raiders all those years is the fact that he was able to to adjust and deal and cope with all of the the up and down different offensive coordinators and their styles and schemes that they were bringing in there. Whatever they threw at him, he had success statistically speaking. You know, now as a whole unit, that's a whole nother question. But when you have Derek Carr and a guy that can bring the explosive back, that's what I'm really excited about. Elvin Kamara, we know eventually if Elvin's suspended, then we know eventually we'll get Elvin Kamara back, uh, you know, what, middle, if it's six games or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But if it, if that is indeed the case, Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller are more than capable of handling the workload while Elvin Kamara is suspended. And then when we get them back, you add a fresh Elvin Kamara to what the Saints are doing. Chris Olave, the deep threat opposite of Michael Thomas. Remember, family, Michael Thomas never really, never really had a compliment wide receiver next to him to take pressure off of him. A lot of the stuff that he did, he did just beating double teams, sometimes triple teams. That's what Michael Thomas did. He didn't have a compliment wide receiver. His compliment was Traquan Smith, man. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. 
believe it or not, Traquan Smith was drafted by Sean Payton to be Michael Thomas's uh, compliment, if you can believe that. But it was that's the truth. He's he just he totally fell apart in terms of being a consistent provider. And I wonder why Michael Thomas ain't take Traquan Smith under his 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 wing like the rest of these guys. Perhaps he did, and Traquan Smith just couldn't pick it up. I don't know what the answer was. He just didn't live up to a third round billing, but. You got Chris Olave, who's every every bit a part is a first round talent, is one of the best, one of the top wide receivers in the game in terms of what he brings. And he's going to continue to ascend. He was phenomenal last year. This year, you know, I expect big things from him. But I think a lot of it with Michael Thomas there takes pressure over off of Chris Olave, like it was last year when many of the games he was option one. And as for a rookie, he stepped up. Now with Michael Thomas there to provide some some balance in in the wide receiver room while you you have Chris over on one side, Mike and the other side, and Rashid Shahid doing his thing. I think this unit could really be something explosive because both Alave and Rashid have the ability to blow the tops off of defenses, excel, and just take them apart. You can't fixate on one person, you know. And I think a lot of people disrespecting Michael Thomas. That's a lot of these adversaries are disrespecting Michael Thomas that he can't perform like he was. Uh, last year, like he, one thing for certain, he missed a lot of games, but he had to be out of that time frame and take a lot of punishment. So it's a kind of a gift and a curse in the situation being out and rehabbing those last three years. He's not beat up on, he's not all beat up and battered and bruised. You see what I'm saying? In terms of being a guy that's been in the league for so long and he just got beat up and, and all this kind of stuff. So he'll be fresh and ready to roll. So that's another exciting caveat to this thing. And the depth behind those set wide receivers are also interesting. It's the, and then, of course, you roll into the tight end room. Jawan Johnson, a wide receiver, converted to the tight end. In three years, he became the starter for the Saints. You want to talk about success stories, Jawan Johnson? I mean, an undrafted guy the Saints brought in here. He was at the back of the wide receiver room, what, three years ago? Three years ago, he was at he was an undrafted wide receiver brung in at the back of the wide receiver depth room. The second year, he was converted to a tight end and moved from the back of the tight end room with Nick Vanette and all of them people, and then got past Adam Troutman, and now he's the starting tight end in the same in year three. Just just you won't talk to me about accomplishments, man. They talk to me about you know realizing dreams and visions, realizing things. That is that is unreal. The the path in three years that Jawan Johnson went from an undrafted wide receiver turned tight end to a starting level tight end on the New Orleans Saints team. Absolutely phenomenal. Just love that success story. Now, and then behind him, you don't talk about security for Derek Carr. How Jawan Johnson, his versatility, you can move him a little bit. And then you got Foster Monroe, more of a traditional tight end with hands, 6'3, 6'4 ish guy. With hands that's familiar with Derek Carr, who's a playmaker who can well makes plays for you can block and catch, get up the field and do some stuff. So the Saints were smart and adding former pass catchers to go along with Derek Carr to kind of help out with that familiarity in terms of guys like Brian Edwards or Foster Monroe. And then I don't remember if Lynn Bowden, I know he played for the Raiders. I don't know if he played that when Carr was there, but Lynn Bowden's a return man is also on the team. And then of course the the versatile Taysom Hill, wherever he plays, you know, we, they, we played interview with Taysom. The Saints pretty much want to do what they did last year with Taysom Hill as a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, everything. And then some played some fullback for you. 
Taysom Hill will be all over the place. And it was realized, and this is a real interesting thing about the Taysom Hill thing, fam, is the fact that the Saints are deep everywhere, which means you can move Taysom Hill in and you can see some plays where Taysom Hill might not even get out there because the Saints have all these other guys out there performing. So that might even help Taysom Hill become be even more uh, dynamic, getting out there and doing what he what he does. So that's another caveat to having to stop the Saints. And hopefully the Saints can kind of focus in on kind of adding some more pass plays or getting Taysom Hill to be more of a passer as opposed to getting the ball snapped to him five yards behind the line of scrimmage and then not going through any progressions and just take off as a running back. Hopefully he at some times when he sees that there's a single safety high somewhere or you see a safety trying to blitz in and they showing all, all blitz because you're in the game and they loaded up on the offensive line. And a lot of time you watch those watch those defenses, that's what they do. And you see a lot of one-on-one matchups, and Taysom Hill should see that and be able to effectively deliver the ball out there. If he does that consistently, that can change everything about what the Saints does. Like I said, if Taysom Hill becomes more, and, and I'm not saying give him 10 or 12 plays. I've been saying this for a long time. Give Taysom Hill, let him learn about four or five good offensive passing plays. Let him learn five good off, like good four or five good passing plays. And then you rotate those plays when he comes in the game, right? And then when he becomes more of an effective passer, when you see those line, those defenses crouch up to the line of scrimmage and they want to blitz Taysom Hill and he can deliver the ball. And if he do it enough, that'll force them to start backing off of him. And then that will create room for him to start running again. So, you know, like I said, that will give the Saints two dynamic styles of offense that they both have, that the defenses have to, you know, prepare for. Because you're not just watching Taysom Hill, the runner. You got to prepare for Taysom Hill, the passer, because he's out there throwing the ball around as well. So if he, if they can just get that, if I've said this, well, if he can, if they can balance his his play packages with passing as well as running, you can watch that that turn into a whole nother headache for opposing defenses that got not only deal with Derek Carr, but also have to back up off the line of scrimmage and play passing for Taysom Hill. And then he takes off on them. It just, it's just, it's just too much for him to deal with. So, and and like I said, we talk about all those players. And then we mentioned Taysom Hill on the, on the back end behind those guys. He's listed as a third string tight end in the tight end room. That's his position. He's not a starting wide receiver, not a starting running back. He's not even a starting tight end. That's how deep the Saints offense is when Taysom Hill is your third tight end. Come on now. And then the offensive line, which to me is the, if you want to talk about any areas of concern, this is where we need to focus in on because we've had a lot of injury there. Pennon, Pete, McCoy, Ruiz, Ramchek, shout out to Ruiz because he stepped up. He was very solid last year. McCoy was McCoy. Ramcheck needs to get back to what he was before the Saints gave him the money. Since they gave Ramcheck that money, Ramcheck has not looked like himself. You know, since he cashed that check, Ramcheck has not checked in. He don't look right. And he might be dealing with injuries and all that kind of stuff. But man, Ramcheck, get it together, man. You need to show up, show your dominance, man. I remember Ramcheck was one of the meanest I ain't going to say super mean, but he played with a nastiness about him, a controlled nastiness. He was a force. He would maul guys, push them on out the way. You know, he was a guy that didn't play. He was a dominant guy. And I was like, man, I love the way this kid plays. But he hadn't played like that 
in a while. So he need and, and they're saying he's finally healthy. So we need Ram check to be what he was his first four years before he got paid, man, for real. We need him to be back there. We need Trevor Pennon to step up, stay healthy. But just in case you got Hurst there, you got the Saints bringing Billy Miller, uh, another veteran center that can help out. Nick Seldavari's there. Storm Norton is there. And they got some undrafted guys that came in too. So the Saints have done some due diligence in terms of helping fortify the offensive line. So the question is, can the Saints, can the Saints, or is the Saints unit, is the Saints, can the Saints offense become a top five unit in 2023? Absolutely correct. Absolutely. Absolutely they can. This offense should be considered an elite unit just for discussion. Right now they hadn't played any games or we hadn't seen them in pads and all of that. But just going over it in terms of just looking at everything each one of these guys have brought to the field. And we know we can study the tape, we can look around, and we can find out all this stuff. But let me just tell you straight up, I absolutely love what the Saints have done on offense. I love it. I'm going to just be honest with you. And I definitely consider this this could be really a top five unit. And really, it comes down to one thing to me. And it ain't even Derek Carr. It's Pete Carmichael. Can Pete Carmichael tap into something here? And do some stuff, and and let's let's look at from the let's look at from the coach's side of it. Now we know Dennis Allenson's on top of the team, but let's these are the offensive coaches that the Saints currently have. You see Pete Carmichael there, Coach Ronald Curry, the passing game coordinator. Coach Joel Thomas is a hell of a running backs coach. Saints almost lost him last year. And good to see him back. Cody Burns, and you know you heard a, a lot of uh, matter of fact, Ronald Curry was praising Cody Burns, giving him a lot of credit, man, on the interview we played. Uh, offensive line coach Doug Marone, that's what he does, credit him for getting Cesar Ruiz together. Tight ends coach Clancy Barone, this is another big one. This was a super solid move by the Saints to sign tight ends coach Clancy Barone, who worked with guys like uh, LG Crumpler and others. Uh, um, uh, What's his name? Uh, Arsenio Gates, as we call him. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, they, they, tight ends, uh, Coach Clancy Barone is a guy that's going to get the most. He has a very versatile tight end room to work with. I can only imagine what Jawan Johnson and Foster Monroe could look like under his tutelage. Clancy Barone, solid tight end coach. The Saints also brought in offensive assistant Jari Evans. Remember, Zach Streif out, Jari Evans in. Shout out to Zach Streif. He, I think he went with Peyton. But Jari Evans to me, man. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 film collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plan streams and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Is five times the player Zach Streif ever, ever was. You know, no disrespect. It's just real deal. Jari Evans in there helping the offensive line guys, these young offensive linemen and these veteran guys. Out, he instant respect from, from Jari Evans. Love that move. Absolutely love that move. And then on top of that, the Saints do have a few other people. Now, I mean, the senior offensive assistant is Bob Bicknell, who has a lot of years in the NFL and in college. He's a guy that, you know, you have to consider in the top three guys, I want to say, in the Saints offensive room when they're talking about uh, putting the plays together. You mentioned uh, Pete Carmichael. You talk about uh, you throw Coach Ronald Curry in there and senior offensive assistant and Bicknell in there. So we'll see how it all comes together as you can see the rest of their offensive people. The Saints also added Kevin Carberry to help out with Coach Marone there. So uh, it's just been fantastic, man. A couple of the moves, Jari Evans and, and Coach Clancy Barone added to the unit. But Pete Carmichael, he is the guy. It is all banking on him and Coach Curry working together to make this work. Pete Carmichael last year, his first time, first full season under Dennis Allen as the as the offensive coordinator. Uh, he didn't look, you know, he got a lot of failing marks. You know, the offense was stuck in the mud. We know they've lacked leadership. They had injuries that they were dealing with. It was several different things happened. But I think the biggest question is not so much with, is can Derek Carr take the Saints anywhere I don't think it's so much him as it is Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael's offensive imagination will be the key toward how far the Saints can go in the NFL. Pete Carmichael working with Derek Carr and Ronald Curry, these three gentlemen here will be the ones that's responsible for taking the Saints offense to the top five or in the elite status. Because to be honest with you, if you look at what we just covered, the entire Saints offense with all of the depth all the way around, the only thing that can hold them back is the imagination of this man here. Now, I remember last year, we, did, we severely underutilized Elvin Kamara. There were plays where Kamara and Taysom Hill was sitting on the sideline on third ones and third. Day. Y'all remember that? Put one in the chat if y'all remember that. Put one in the chat. If y'all remember, there were times when we seen Taysom Hill or Elvin Kamara on the sideline on third down. I'm like, why are all the starters out? Why are the, the, the playmakers sitting on the sideline there? You know, why, why are they sitting up on the sideline? What's going on here? He has to fix that, man. And if he and I, and I know and I've heard that Pete Carmichael does take insight from guys like Ronald Curry. He does. He's not one of these guys that I don't don't tell me nothing. I know what I'm doing. He's not that type of dude. Pete Carmichael actually take input. That's what I heard that he's that he's that type of dude. But really, it's on Carmichael here and Carr. So Carr and Carmichael and Coach Ronald Curry, 
they're going to have to get the Saints offense to that elite level, but they have all the tools of the trade. Now, you could say Coach Carmichael didn't have a competent quarterback for many of the games last year, and um, a guy like Andy Dalton who complained that he didn't like to share reps with Taysom Hill, that he felt like if he was going to be in there, he was going to be in there, didn't like all of the plays when he had to come out and Taysom Hill had to come in. And a lot of times you're seeing that the offense was disheveled. It didn't have any energy. You could see it had, it had no leadership. But this is the thing that we they changed with Carr and Carmichael coming together. Carr is a leader. Carr is a leader. Carmichael is a guy that will kind of lend his uh, support toward Carr. That is the question: Can they sync together? And I can answer that. I can tell you this: that I think Carr and Carmichael will sync together, and I think they will do just fine because Carr won't be the guy that has to carry the Saints. All the time, you can turn around and hand the damn ball off to Jamal Williams or a, a Kendra Miller or an Elvin Kamara or even a Taysom Hill would definitely help you, especially in the red zone. A lot of fam, go back and watch the Jamal Williams. Just throw this at you, the Jamal Williams footage. When he was in Denver, if you watch a lot of Jamal Williams highlights when he played with, not Denver, Detroit last year, <clears throat> a lot of his touchdowns came in the red zone. It came in the red zone against goal line defenses. And he would just, he has, he had tremendous vision where he was able to just get on it. I mean, just uncanny. If you're Derek Carr and you can turn and hand the ball off to Jamal Williams, who averages over four yards a carry 17 rushing touchdowns. I can't just, just ridiculous to me, you know? Over a thousand yards, like just this guy's phenomenal. This is your compliment back along with Elvin Kamara, and then you have Kendra Miller, who averaged what over five yards of carry at TCU. Vision, not just guys have vision and power. They just he remember he's six feet tall. He's almost two hundred and thirty pounds, Jamal. I know you don't look like it, but that's how this guy. He he talked about just being a force. He's power, and Kamara's the speed. So you got a dynamic. Thunder and lightning tandem of Kamara and Jamal Williams. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. So is it, it's not really a deep question even posed to the who that nation even talk about. Can these guys be a top five unit? If you have all of these freaking guys on your team, Jamal Williams, Elvin Kamara, when whatever happens with him, Kendra Miller, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, and all the depth they have, including Jawan Johnson, Foster Monroe, Taysom Hill, and all these offensive playmakers, and people really don't think that the Saints are going to be a, a top five unit, and Carr has the ability to get the ball down the field to the speedsters, like Alave, they don't have to wait on the ball. Family, remember last year when Andy Dalton would throw the deep ball and they have to wait on the ball to get there? Ain't no waiting on no ball with this Carr character. He throws that ball, they run up under that damn ball, and they gone. Do you not understand what that does for a Michael Thomas or a Jamal Williams or a Kendra Miller or Elvin Kamara when you can even dive bomb these defenses? It changes everything. It changes everything for the Saints offense. It opens up everything. It turns, it gets the play action going. It just, everything gets to flowing and it gets excited. And you can be able to, it, the Saints will be a team that spark. They put points on you very fast. It turns into a very exciting brand of football that we fortunately will be fortunate to see this upcoming year. Now, the question is, Q, I feel you on that, 
But can this guy, can this guy, this guy right here, him, could this guy stay out of the way and let it pop? Because a lot of people don't want to say the Saints are going to the playoffs or they're a playoff team because this guy, Dennis Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, is sitting on top of the team and that he never won anything as a head coach. Well, listen. I can't say that this guy has ever had a team like the team that he has right now. This is the best team that he's ever had. Now, last year you had a playoff team that was a nine-win team. The Saints had a really good offseason and a good draft, and they put together a solid offseason last year, and then we went backwards from nine and, what, seven to seven and ten. That was ridiculous. But with a loaded Saints team this year and the fact that Dennis Allen did add some coaches which to take responsibility off of him, which is what I was saying last year. Remember, you need to get away from being a coordinator type and being more of an overseer of the team. That's what I was saying. So what he did is he went and got Joe, he went and got Joe Woods to be his defensive coordinator. So Joe Woods runs the whole defense. Everybody here reports to Joe Williams. I mean, excuse me, Joe Woods, my bad. Joe Woods. I don't know why I was saying Joe Williams, but he said he didn't report to Joe Woods. Joe Woods report back to DA. So that's one less thing that Dennis Allen has to worry about. Is it enough? Is it enough? Can Dennis Allen not screw this up this year? And can the Saints get back to the playoffs? Can they get back to the playoffs? Well, the only way I can tell you, fam, it starts. It starts. It starts. It starts with the offense. If the offense is top five, like I think they are, then I think the Saints definitely have a chance, man. They definitely have a chance. All right, so anyway, fam, with that being said, man, listen, I appreciate y'all chiming in on this thing. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all. Uh, please feel free. Well, I don't want to jump on, jump out, just just, just, just hit and run. Let me go ahead on and uh, talk to the family members. Y'all got any questions, throw them in the chat. And while I got you, family, uh, like I said, I'm going to put this on screen right here. Remember. There's a link pinned to the top of the chat. This is for our new notification email system that we have now. If you are not getting your notifications, and even if you are, I, I strongly, I strongly, 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 strongly advise you guys to go here. It's a link in the chat. Put your email there and hit the subscribe button. It's as simple as that. Put your email there, your most, you know, your, your best email where you get notified, put it in where it says email address and just click the subscribe button just that easy. And then you'll be a part of our email list and you'll get email notifications when we go live. So you don't ever have to miss a show again. I told y'all I ain't playing. I told y'all I ain't playing. I told y'all I ain't playing with it. Y'all hit that. Y'all do that. The link is pinned in the chat. Y'all go there and put y'all email in the email list so y'all can get the show notification. We ain't playing around here. All right, so anyway. All right, so any questions, fam, before I dirk out? If y'all don't have no questions, I'm going to get the hell up out of here. But uh, y'all, 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 come on with it. Okay, Gundam says, okay. <laughs> Southern Pacific. Yes, 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 man. I was a Canadian national man. How about that? That's right, CN. That was the one I worked for. I worked for. I used to work for the CN Rail. Man, I was a conductor on that thing. Man, made a lot. Met a lot of great people. A lot of them listen to the show. <clears throat> but um, 
Yeah, man, I could tell you some horror stories about where they come from, man. It's an ugly history. Uh, but anyway, Japanese circular says Dalton True back. <laughs> Y'all know. And Dennis Allen came out and said, well, you just got to keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> I can't never get that one out. All right, Tuck Grab, what's up, fam? Says, I got a question. Will Lutz keeps his job? I think so. I think Will Lutz keeps his job. He's under, when I, and then the thing is, too, you know, the Saints are bringing him in. They know his medicals. Uh, last year was so bad for him as a, as a kicking unit. It put a lot of questions in the Saints' head about Will Lutz. But he has since regained his form according to some of the practices. He's been cooking, kick, kicking really well. I say cooking because he's been cooking and kicking, doing this thing in camp, doing this thing. So, but yes, you have kickers there that's, that's going to be there uh, in the big camp. And, and when training camp comes around, to continue to keep giving them uh, some some uh, competition because the Saints listen the Saints are looking man and if they can find a kicker that's on that level man I wouldn't be surprised if Will Lutz you know don't be on the team because the guy the guy is kicking against him is basically kicking for a, you know a quarter of what he's making Will Lutz is one of the top pay, uh, top paid kickers in the game and he got one year left on his deal and the Saints are looking at him pretty strong like okay uh, we can get this guy it's like what happened with Tommy Morstead and Blake Gillikin. We knew Tommy Morstead was getting out of here. The Saints wanted Blake Gillikin. Remember, that was the year the Saints had kept both. They had two active punters. And then all of a sudden, some kind of weird uh, injury happened with Blake Gillikin where he was placed on the IR for the rest of the year. It was just a way for the Saints to keep him without losing him. So they IR'd uh, Blake Gillikin. And then the next year, he got the job, and he's been there ever since. Could they be pulling a Blake Gillikin with this other kid with Will Lutz? We'll see. But Will Lutz ain't going down without a fight, man. So he ain't he ain't past his prime. He's still a very good kicker. So I would, I, if I had to uh, bet between the two, I say Will Lutz still keeps his job. Uh, April says Dennis twists and turn. Allen don't want. <laughs> don't worry, we got the pink slip. Wait, I don't think he fails this year, fam. I'm gonna be honest with you. Trying to say, hey brother, you can mention to the Houston folks, I'm the best ball out here, one of the few. Okay, there you go. I just dropped it, brother. Trying is out there in Houston, man. Uh, he's one of the best uh, barbers out there. My family in Houston listening, try and throw you a barbershop, man. What's where your barbershop at, man? I'll give you a plug, man. Shoot, put put it in the chat, bro. I got you. All right, Tuck Graf said they're talking about how field goal kickers are important as running backs. Teach your kids to kick. That's right. Absolutely. You know what? Not only teach your kids to kick, but teach them how to play baseball. Let me tell you something, man. Baseball, man. You sit half the time, man. You, you, your money's comparable to most other professional sports. Baseball, family. Let me tell you something. I played a little bit of that in high school, man. Baseball. That that that's also true. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He better kick. He better kick, cook, and click. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. B Jizzle, shout out, man. Says I'm just waiting on the season to start. Team look very special. Shout out. No, no, KB, baby. I do not have a P.O. box. That's an email there uh, that you can send uh, that you can kind of get on the email list. That's what it, that's what it is. Brother, she said, don't. I know a lot of people don't trust Dennis Allen, bro. A lot of people don't trust Dennis Allen. And but the thing is, remember, Dennis Allen doesn't have. Um, well, I ain't gonna say he don't have control over the Saints uh, offense because he's the head coach, but. What he did last year was he allowed Pete Carmichael to run the offense without him interfering. And that, and that's what I'm saying. If Dennis Allen could allow it, like 
if they can get going, if he get, he, you know, he bring in Carr. Carr is Dennis Allen's handpicked quarterback. He brought him in. He allowed Pete Carmichael to operate with a lot of autonomy last year, right? He even protected him several times when we had these pitiful, pitiful outings. He protected him because the reality is, to be honest with you, he was responsible for the dysfunction that was happening in the offense because he took the team's, you know, he took the team's best offensive quarterback, the best quarterback on the team away from the team for whatever reason. At Well, we know Jameis came out and there was that whole snafu that occurred with all that happening during the season. Then when Jameis came back from injury, was on the active roster for all those t- all that time, we watched that play out. He never got back on the field. I said he wouldn't get back on the field. It was very petty for him to do that to Jameis. And if he had put Jameis in some of those games, I assure you, I assure you, I assure you that we'd have won more than just seven games. When you see the team, the team just the team just sitting there in the mud, and Jameis sitting on there holding the clipbook. The clipbook is the third guy there. That didn't make any sense to me. But this, a lot of this stuff was decisions made by the head coach that the offensive coordinator could not overrule. He didn't have the power to. So he had to work with what he had. So could that be a scenario? And I would just, I'm going to give it to Carmichael, even though he made some mistakes when his offense looked kind of milk toast at times. But can we really say that about the Saints offense this year where they were leaderless last year? They are not leaderless this year. That's a big difference to me. You know, I trying at the primetime barbershop in Houston. So, fam, go hit go hit trying up, man. My, my brothers and sisters, uh, you know, churn. Y'all got churn. That's right. Churn. And then y'all in the Houston area. Look up primetime barbershop. Shout out to my brother trying. All right. What's up? Nolan said two of our most important people on the team are unproven. Dennis Allen and who else, man? Who you who else? You, you, uh, well, he said two uh, and Derek Carr. Uh, Dennis Allen. Like I said, Pete Carmichael runs the offense. Dennis Allen run the defense. Dennis Allen could run the defense. You can't take that away from Dennis Allen. The dude knows defense. You know, he knows defense. We can't take that away from him. He's just not a head coach, you know, because he still behaves like a coordinator. That's why I was telling him, dude, if you are a head coach, you got to give, you know, and we see coach, uh, we seen coach Payton do this. Coach Payton ran the offense. Uh, but you know, but we know like coach Payton was a head coach, but we see coach Payton would get on his people, right? He would go in, he would get on a special team, man. He would get on special, the defense. He would look at you with the evil eye. So even though coach, uh, Payton was out there calling the plays, he was still very much involved in other, the other aspects of his team. He, he was, he was there doing it. Dennis Allen's a lot more laid back and allows in his his philosophy is you're a professional. I don't have to bird dog you to do your job, which is a good uh, philosophy for somebody that knows that if they need to step in, they can step in and do what they need to do. He believes in Pete Carmichael to run offense. He left Pete Carmichael to run it last year. I really do think with, with Carmichael, Ronald Curry, and Derek Carr, I really do think the Saints offense will be a top five unit. I'm serious. I really do think that. With all the weapons the Saints have brought in to help him, we not have we don't have to over rely on no Derek Carr. We don't. He just if Carr do just what he did when he was with the Raiders, which is just throw the D ball out there and back them safeties up and allow our guys underneath to operate with space and, and operate the play action, we would be fine if we operated as a balanced team. Listen. I would be cool with the Saints, like when we come out, 
Like, remember back in the day, Coach uh, Coach uh, Peyton would come out and he would be trying to throw the ball too much. Remember that? He would come out and just, just trying to throw the ball. I'm like, Coach, and then, you know, we losing games by one or two, three points because you're throwing the ball too much. Look, run the damn ball. You know, remember how we made the shirts, run the damn ball and all that kind of stuff? Well, Dennis Allen's philosophy is run first, pass second. That's why he has the, 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 the Jamal Williams and the Kendra Millers. Hey, I'm with that. I love that because if you're running the ball first, because guess what? Running game travels. So whether it's home or away, we have three running backs that will beat your ass. That's the bottom line. We have three beat your ass running backs out there. You see, we don't need Derek Carr to do anything else than what he did with the Raiders, which is get that ball out of there fast, get it up the field, hit them, hit them deep shots when you need to, dump them off when you need to. You got the tight ends, you got your, you got the wide receivers, you got the, you know, you got your uh, running backs, you got everything you need, all shapes and forms and fashion. You got everything that you need out there. So, like I said, they are a balanced team. So, what it really comes down to is Derek Carr and Carmichael getting together and making the offense go. Let's run the ball first and work the pass off the back of the run, get the play action going, get the ball downfield, get them crotched down on the line of scrimmage, then hit them with the deep shot, the explosives, and then we then we off to the races, family. We off to the races. So, like I said, man, I watched a lot. I've been watching a lot of Derek Carr tape, man. A lot of tape from this dude over the last several weeks. And I'm like, damn, this dude, he does this very consistently well. And I remember playing an interview from Pete Carmichael as of recently saying that they're asking him, asking Derek Carr, which plays he likes to run. Let me tell you how big that is, as opposed to them bringing him in here and says, this is what we want you to do for me. No, 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 no. They're asking him, what plays do you like? to run and we're going to run them. That is a recipe for success. That happened with Joe Burrow when he was at LSU. That's why he went from Joy B to transfer from Ohio state to Joy B, the first round draft pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment in a post in a second jewish hate is up 388 percent in the u.s black hate muslim hate and asian hate are up too when one hate rises they all do let's stand up to all hate together share and wear the blue square from standuptojewishhate.org because that's the same philosophy they used in lsu they went to him and said hey 
which plays do you like and which plays that you don't like. We're going to throw the ones out that you don't like and keep the ones that you do like. When they did that, he took that offense and wrapped them around himself like a fine coat, and then they took off. So that's always a good uh, strategy if you're the offensive coordinator to go to your quarterback and say, hey, man, which plays do you like? And, you know, and we're going to see if we can run them suckers. That's what I'm talking about. So Dennis Allen ain't involved in that process of the offense. And we just need our offense to get going because it has to be the unit that leads the Saints. Or we're going to end up in the same place we were this past season. The offense has to take the weight. It cannot be the defense because the defense has too much turnover. They got new coaches. They got guys in positions that uh, that's new to it. And I'm not saying that the defense can't catch on sooner or later. But what I'm saying is I'm th- I'm saying the offense has to be the unit. That's how you get to the bowl. You, I mean, you know, that's how you get to the Super Bowl. We had a few small examples of defense and, you know, had a smother defense with a, a top-notch running game and you had a pitiful quarterback on top of that thing. You got one or two of those, but the rest of them, the offense got them there. So we need the Saints offense to wrap itself, Derek Carr and, and Pete Carmichael to fit that offense around Carr and give him what he and they gave him everything he wants. And it's time for us to go ahead and handle that business. That's the bottom line, man. That's the bottom line. I uh brother Quavadia says, uh, do you think Saints will be on hard knocks? I seen a report, bro, that it's a it was possible that they're waiting for the fine the uh the final the finalization of the sale for the new leadership group for the Washington commanders from Snyder before they make before they make their decision. I don't know how accurate that is, but I think that was something that was said by Mike Fleoria. That he that's what he believes is going on. And he usually have some pretty good information when it's tied to that, that they're making a choice. But listen, um, it, you know, fam, I, I'm uh, either way, I'm 50 50 on the topic. A lot of family members say no because of the distraction. Actually, I'm kind of feeling it because if you get us on hard knocks, that's a whole nother level of 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 coverage that we haven't seen before from the Saints. They only show you what they want to show you. You get what I'm saying? They only show you what they want to show you. That's and it's okay. Y'all can come in here now. We done cleaned up everything. Come on in here. When hard knocks go there, they listen to it all. We're going to see stuff that they don't want us to know or see. We're going to see it all. And for just me being the type of dude I am and me saying to myself, if you're a championship team, Somebody coming in there with cameras during the preseason, a training camp and preseason shouldn't stop you from going to the Super Bowl. They ain't going to be there all year. You know, for them to come in there and, and, you know, for for the training camp or preseason and film a few things, that shouldn't stop you from going to the Super Bowl. I don't hear teams saying, man, the reason why we ain't make it to the Super Bowl because, man, that damn hard knock, man. They came in there and, bro, <laughs> that damn hard knock, man. They, they, they tore up everything. Yeah, like- so at the end of the day, what I'm saying is if you're a Super Bowl team or a team that's trying to get to the next level, a hard knock appearance shouldn't stop you from doing that. I mean, it ain't like you are not dealing with distractions. What you call Elvin Kamara? What he did in Las Vegas when he's beating that man ass out there, turned him into him and his partners, turning the man into a bouncy house. Is that not a distraction? <laughs> I mean, how about, you know, the, the stuff that happened with uh, Marcus May and back in the jet when he was with the Jets, with him up in there doing all that? Is that not a distraction? So you're going to deal with distractions. Me personally, I'm not scared of the hard knock thing. I would love to see the hard knock because the Saints never had it because they were winning. 
and everybody else had to deal with it. So I'm thinking sooner or later they're going to make the, the charge on it and they're going to look at it and say the Saints are going to be the team. This the year you might get it. I'll be surprised if we don't get it, fam. That's what I'm looking at. I'm saying Goodell looking at the Saints and he's saying, looking at him saying it's going to be the Saints. I promise you, because Goodell don't like you. <laughs> he's the guy that picks when nobody volunteers and nobody ain't going to volunteer for it. Then he has to pick. Guess who he's going to pick? But if he picks that, that ain't going to hurt me, hurt me none. That'll give us a whole nother camera look into this team. That's what I'm talking about. Another look. Some more stuff to talk about, about what's going on, the inner workings of the Saints. That's what kind of stuff I like to see on camera. And I wouldn't be mad at that. That'd actually be a gift and a curse. I think it'd be a blessing, to be honest with you. I would love to see it. All right, so anyway, all right, all right, let's keep it going. A few more things, and I'm going to get on up out of here. Brother James said, what makes it worse if we could have had the enemy? He was looking for a new team uh, when he interviewed with us. It's evident by him signing with the commanders, DA hooking up his boys, comes back to bite us. I, you know, listen, bro, I don't think Dennis Allen, now listen, Dennis Allen deserves a lot of the heavy, the heavy uh, criticism that he's getting because he didn't handle it well in his first year. Uh, a lot of his press conferences, he looked weak and feeble. He didn't have that of a commander's approach. Uh, he made a lot of excuses, which pissed off the family base. Uh, you know, you had unforgivable performances that he did that he never got up on there. And even, Josh McDaniels apologized when the Raiders got blanked that game. He came out and apologized. This guy never apologizes. And that's what gets him in there. And that's one thing that if anybody want to talk to Dennis Allen, I know y'all listening, man. Take this back to Dennis Allen and tell Dennis Allen, man, if you want to be a better head coach, you don't have to sit at the feet of Bill Belichick and bow 50 times to him every time he opened his damn mouth. The bottom line, if you want to be a better coach, learn how to say, I'm sorry. If you have a shitty performance, trust me, it resonates with the people that you coaching, that you uh, that are watching you out there performing. Learn how to say, I'm sorry, bro. Learn how to apologize when you screwing up out here and you making bad decisions. Come clean with it. Tell the people the truth. Don't run around here and pretend like nobody don't see what you're doing and only you can see it. Don't do that. Apologize when you go, you out here, you stanking up these games. and You don't make the right calls. And then come back and you take the weight. Don't tell me that we got to do better. We all in here got to cut. When I'm like me talking to the great Saint think tank, you said, hey, great. And I'm up here screwing up something and saying some wrong stuff. And I'm telling y'all, we got to do better. <laughs> nah, Q, you got to do better. You know, that's, I just take, a, just take the weight. You the head coach. Take the weight says, I screwed this up. I didn't have this team prepared. I have to do a better job of being a head coach. I have to take the next step. If I want to win in the NFL as a head coach, I have to stop being so much of a defensive coordinator and be a head coach. I, 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 my, me is my fault that the Saints are seven and 10 is my fault that I didn't take this deep team from last year and I turned them into a dumpster fire. You know, it's my, it's on me. And you don't hear that from Dennis Allen. That's why Dennis Allen and you Saints people that listen to this show, that's why we own him. You need to tell him that and stop shielding him from that. If he ever is going to improve as a head coach, that is some of the things that he has to do. He has to take more of an I, not we approach. Stop being a Frenchman 
It is I, you screwing up because you the head coach. You didn't have the team prepared. And if people are screwing up out there, at least have the have the courage to pull these guys out of there and set them down. Don't keep leaving guys in there if they tan up the team. Take that guy out of there. Let them sit down and put the next guy in there. I'm just saying, man, this is stuff we watch all of these, the, some of the better head coaches in the NFL, they do this stuff all the time. The Andy Reid says he's sorry when he gets up there and screw up. He's like, man, that's my fault, man. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have did that. I've seen Andy Reid doing that. I've seen some of the best head coaches in the NFL go up to the podium saying, look, that's all on me. I didn't have my team prepared to play today. I have to do a better job of coaching this stuff. I have to do this. If you want this man to really start winning and doing it, because it won't just just happen. He's sitting on top of the team and the team takes on his persona. So he has to improve as a head coach. He has to improve as a leader. He has to improve as a speaker and a motivator. He has to do these things. And why he ain't got no football going on, maybe you should be online taking motivational courses, learning how to deal with people and not backstab them like you did Jameis last year, not being petty, putting the team above your own emotions. Try that. See, I, all of this is verified information or uh, or or places of time that we can go back through. I mentioned all of this stuff in the great St. Think Tank and go right to it in their memory. Everything I'm saying. So it ain't blaspheming the guy or talking mess up, but this is constructive criticism for Dennis Allen. It ain't cost you a goddamn dime. They got people that'll give you this work for a ton of money. I'm giving the game for free because I want you to succeed, Dennis Allen and the rest of the Saints. I want y'all to succeed and represent us the right way. So what we seen last year, we don't need to see that no more, bro. We done seen enough of that. Do we like Dennis Allen? I don't have a problem with Dennis Allen. Well, actually, I do. I don't like backstabby people. That's just me. And I, what he did with Jameis, even though he, him and Jameis made up, is cool. So I guess I can move on from that. But at the end of the day, man, you got to show something, bro. You got all these other guys here. Joe Woods, love Joe Woods. Love Cody Burns. Love with Clancy Barone. I like Ty Grantham coming here. I like these coaches, Coach Robinson. I like these coaches had an opportunity to listen to them, research them, go back and watch their film of them coaching guys up. I like these coaches. Now, can they win with Dennis Allen? And he got his guys in here? It's, they're going to have to. He has his guys. He got his quarterback. He got everything that he wants. He has to put it together and win. This is a win-now league. Win-now league. This is a win-now league. And the heat is up and up when you don't. Just keeping it real. And that's I'm done on that. I right, all right. Shout out. What's up, Tasha? Shout out to you, baby. Uh, much love. I know Shazam. They were trampolining that boy, man. I was watching. I was like, what they trying to do here? J-Rock said, I think the Jets are still in the picture. Uh, especially since, uh, hey, more coverage. And that could be it, bro. That could be it. But remember, Goodell don't like you. So, you know, either way, I, it, it don't matter to me, fam. Either way, I'm cool with it, you know. Uh, Jaslow says, uh, our pass rushing division don't trust it. Coach said, we'll add one more. Will it be a veteran? I mean, I wouldn't be mad if the Saints added another defensive end to the mixture. I would, you know, I actually welcome it. We add another veteran defensive end. I will welcome us adding another interior, another defensive tackle or nose tackle to the Saints interior defensive line. You know, I would welcome that as well. All right. Also, do you think we should go after Hunter uh, from Daniil Hunter? Oh, man, he he Daniil Hunter was actually what the Saints were anticipating Marcus Davenport to be. It's very weird. And Minnesota, they about to fall completely off 
if they're crazy enough to believe that they're picking up Marcus Davenport and giving up a Daniil Hunter, are you crazy? Now, I know Daniil Hunter been banged up too, but he is like what they want. Davenport is what the Saints wanted. <laughs> he wanted him to be Daniil Hunter. And Hunter's a guy that just can't stay healthy. He can make a, chunk, a big chunk, uh, chunk of money. But if I'm the Vikings, man, you better kind of ease that out with Daniil Hunter, man. You, If he's healthy, man, you know, kind of ease that out because you need your pass rusher. I don't know if that'll be somebody we get. I, I think he his money's uh he, he make a lot of money, bro. I don't know if that's somebody the Saints would pick up. But, you know, like I said, I don't know. Dennis Allen kind of likes his defensive line. He likes who he has there, like opposite of Cam Granderson, Isaiah Foskey, and Peyton Turner. Now, you know Peyton Turner is he got the injury bug. He's healthy now, but we don't know what he looks like in a full year. Uh, we know that Isaiah Foskey is a rookie, and he has potential. And Carl Granderson is a guy that's been here for several years now, knows the defense, uh, that defensive line position pretty good, but he hadn't shown us is he a guy capable of starting for you opposite of Cam. You know, maybe in spots, he had five and a half sacks last year, maybe a spot defensive end. I don't know about full-time starter yet. No disrespect to Carl Granderson. I, I like Carl Granderson a lot. That's just my professional opinion on him. I don't know if he's that guy. So uh, even though they got him on an official depth chart start next to Cam, I would really look at the Saints and say, hey, if y'all really want to make some moves this year deep in the playoffs, you're going to need to have somebody on that defensive line that can help out. And listen, injuries happen on the defensive line, so you can never have too many pass rushers. The Saints do have some money, and Yannick Ngakwe is available, and I do like Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe upside is he has the sack-your-ass gene. And the thing about him is that he knows how to get to the quarterback. He does. And outside of that, he just, the thing he had, he was on all these different teams. Like, what's going on with Yannick Ngakwe? Well, the, the, the smoke was Yannick Ngakwe, even though he's a fierce pass rusher, he's not really a guy that's really great with a run. So a lot of teams is kind of not liking the money they were paying him to be just simply a pass rusher. And so Yannick will have to, we'll see how the Saints can coach Grantham. You know, the, the money, if, how much is it to get him? Uh, would he be a, a guy that can come in and coach Ty Grantham? Could he kind of help him be a better guy in terms of uh, helping out against the run as well? Because we know he can pass rush his ass off, but you can never have too many pass rushes because you know uh, you're just an injury away from having an issue there. And we can't, we had like what, 40 sacks last year? Saints have to keep that going. They got to keep that going. So I'm not opposed to Yannick Ngakwe at the right price for the Saints. Wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, Daniel Hunter would be nice. I just don't know, bro, if, uh, you know, with his monetary situation, the Saints taking that on. I mean, he's what we wanted Davenport to be. When we drafted him, we were looking at him like he was, he he could reach what Daniel Hunter was for the Vikings, which is a kick-ass pass rusher. But could you imagine Daniel Hunter next to Cam Jordan? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Daniel Hunter, Carl Grandison, uh, Peyton Turner, Isaiah Foskey in a rotation, just moving around. And could you imagine that? You know, that would be that would be insane. It would be insane. It would be insane. All right, and yeah, you're right, BC. BC, he learned. He learned that for Sean. <laughs> Sean Peyton, listen, don't you ever apologize to them people. And the longest they paid you, don't ever apologize. Yes, sir. And that's what happened. That's what he did. You're right, sir. You're right. Inevitable says uh, Minnesota better hope 
Flores can play. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Minnesota. Minnesota is sinking in the mud, man, what they're doing up there, man. They're tearing it all up. All right, Quivetis, final uh, comment says, Saints might have the lowest rank ratings on Hard Knock because D.A. has no kind of personality. Cam will be the star of the show, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they'll be looking at Dennis Allen too much. But listen, I want Dennis Allen. Let's just get this straight before we before I get on out here. I just want Dennis Allen to be a better coach in the upcoming year. That's what I want. I want Dennis Allen to be a better coach. I want Dennis Allen to do the right thing. I don't want him up here making any excuses. I don't want him up here uh, when he screw up, come up and say I screwed up, you know, apologize for it. You know, listen, man, that was on me. I, I promise y'all the next game I'm we're going to go out here. We're going to handle our business. We're going to step it up because really it's like from a defensive coordinator, the defense respects you. But, you know, what, ha- what have you done from an NFL perspective as a head coach? Not nothing. So you got to earn it just like anybody else would be in your position in a different trade or what have you. You got to earn it. We got You got to earn it. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And the only way you can earn it is that you got to change some of these things that you did last year that kind of helped the Saints into the poorhouse. You got to change that. We want you to succeed, but a lot of these these bad characteristics that you exhibited last year, that has to go, man. That has to disappear for the team to have full success because the team will go as far as the vision of the head coach, as far as the head coach takes them. You know, so we'll see. Hope, I'm, I'm really praying and hoping this man, you know, succeeds this year. I really like our offense. I really think, think it's a top five offense. I think it's the key to us getting to that level. But a lot of people not picking the Saints to be a team that goes to the playoffs or even the Super Bowl because of Dennis Allen. But I think when training camp happens and you start seeing the training camp battles and then you start seeing the preseason games, you're going to start seeing more and more people start saying this right now. Man, the Saints offense is going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. They're not saying it right now, but I'm saying it because I can see it. And that's usually how it is sometime here. On the sports cone, we kind of we say things before most people start saying it, but you'll hear them start saying it down the line. When you have some of the gentlemen that we see on our offense with Carr, Jamal Williams, Elvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, come on. That ain't a top five unit. We shall see. Anyway, let me get out on that, man. Listen, I appreciate the hell out of y'all for being in this episode of the coma. We'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday, man. Tuesday, Patreon for our Patreon and YouTube membership family. You feel free to hit the description section up if you want to join our Patreon. We got highlight film and all that stuff over there that we do. We cover it. We talk about stuff all the time. On Q with Big Q, we just did a show a couple of days ago. I got some more uh, film breakdown that we'll be doing this upcoming week on a couple of players that were just added to the team, Lynn Bowden and Kiki Colty. We're going to cover some of their film and break that down coming up real soon. We'll cover all the latest news, notes, and action on Patreon uh, TSC Patreon special on Tuesdays, man. A lot of lot content there for the family members. You can become a member of the channel or simply join our Patreon for the highlight film, man, and the rest of the stuff that we do over there. Another thing, feel free, family, to hit the link and subscribe to our email list. The link is in pinned to the top of the chat. It's very simple. You click the link, put your email where it says email address and click subscribe, and you're on the mailing list. You will never miss a show ever again from Nakoma. We did it. We're doing it. That's what we're about. All right, so with that being said, man, let me get on up out of here. I appreciate y'all for chiming in. I'm going to holler at y'all on the Patreon tomorrow, man. Y'all keep y'all heads up. 
Much love to the fam. And absolutely, yes, the Saints are going to have a top five unit in 2023. So there you go. Much love. Peace. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Yeah. Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.